fantastic. Amazing. Okay, so hello and welcome. This is the West Beach Challengers podcast streaming live into the Facebook group today, which is a really big achievement, I feel, for a Wednesday. I don't even know what day of the week it is, but Layla, I feel maybe the fish oils have enabled me to do such incredible things as actually recording a podcast live with you while streaming into a Facebook group. (laughs) Your mental strength has improved I mean, that was such a slick operation, honestly, the technical issues that we've had and overcome in the last five, 10 minutes are quite astounding. So well done us. I think, I think, you know, I think this is evidence. This is, yeah, case in point that they work. And I thought what would be really interesting, Leila, is for us to do like a little bit of a deep dive. And I know today we're going to really be looking at kind of women's health, particularly looking at kind of perimenopausal, menopausal women's health, how to optimize ourselves and really looking at the kind of fundamentals, like the cornerstones. There's so much noise about everything you should be doing that sometimes we get stuck in inaction and we just don't do anything. And I think I'm really motivated today to kind of you know, reduce that background noise and just get like really clear about what is going to give you the biggest bang for your buck, because we all know there's like a zillion things we could do. And there's so much about, you know, don't do this, do do this, don't do this. And sometimes it feels very expensive. It feels very overwhelming. And I think today we are going to obviously start by talking about omega-3s and looking at the results of my blood test. Um, in regards to what happened when I did start supplementing with omega-3s, but then also have that wider conversation about how can you make sure that nutritionally you're really hitting like the big players. Mm, Sounds good. Yeah, (laughs) talking about hitting the big players, we start off there, I mentioned the other day about Dr. Mark Hyman, and he's posting a lot about what he would call, you know, his non-negotiables, you know, fundamental supplements. You know, like you say, there's a ton, millions of, so many options out there and you could end up spending a fortune and then you could get really confused over what you need and what you don't need and I think I like to target it for people so obviously I work on very bespoke plans but also there are a couple of fundamentals really that are coming through coming to light especially with changes in the environment you know that the quality of the soils and what we're eating for example and you know omega-3 magnesium b vitamins probiotics and fiber seem to be coming through as some really really strong you know no-brainers to basically supplement if you were going to do that possibly vitamin d as well um i would even go so far as to say switching from maybe a multi which is very low dose of everything to really targeting it which is what we're going to talk about in the second half we talk about women's um, hormones and women's health and and what what women over 40 might need to focus more on Um, and it changes it changes through our lives you know we don't we mustn't get stuck on the same things but we've got to keep adapting you know just like everything and I think it's really interesting because so many of us I think particularly I think all the clients listening who are obviously my clients like we tend to be kind of like mid-30s late 30s 40s kind of upwards And it's really interesting when you just notice, and quite often the women that come to work with me, the reason they've kind of sought help is because what they were doing, it's not working anymore. Like whatever it was, like something shifted, they're sort of feeling like kind of, you know, 
lethargic they're not feeling energized they're feeling like if they do lots of cardio it's exhausting them like their body composition shifting and changing even though they don't feel like much has changed it's a bit like somebody's changed the rules without telling you and you're doing what you always did but the result feels like entirely different and you just feel like obviously life gets more hectic or in these kind of middle years as well so you're like is it this is it that like and I know we're both very holistic in the way we work with women. So I suppose it's teasing apart, like what bits can we support nutritionally and I suppose other um, lifestyle adaptations we might want to consider so we can make sure that we're coming at it from all angles because it's never just one thing. It's always like how, what's the interplay, which I think is why we're both so fascinated because it's it's not like, oh, take these vitamins and minerals or, you know, supplements and you'll be fine. It's, it's mm -hmm. like, let's, pan out and let's look at your whole life and how all of these things are interacting yeah exactly and we might feel like the same person we are the same person but our hormones do change and I think it's how we recognize that and preempt um, any issues that that might have um, by yeah looking to adapt and change our supplement protocol our dietary protocol our exercise routine may also have to change you know we may we may have to shift from doing you know not doing the long runs and the hardcore hits every single day to putting in some more yoga some breathing some stretching muscle strength bone strength is so so important as we age so I think it's just you know keeping ahead of that and, and recognizing that you know changes will happen and it's how we move with them yeah definitely a hundred percent well so let's start shall we let's talk about yeah. me for a minute because <laughs> yeah, everyone's very you. fascinated to <laughs> my omega-3 um oh Oh, oh, we're still there. You're just sharing. Fantastic. Yeah, sharing the screen. Sharing yeah. the screen. If you're listening, Layla's obviously going to talk through, but what she's pulled up on screen is obviously um, the different uh, Omega-3 tests. So I'll hand over to you, Layla, because obviously you explain this much better than me. Yeah, sure. Well, I think it's really great that you've really immersed yourself in this. Um, what I found find great about you and what you do is your balance plate and the fact that you're very much about, you know, working with nature what nature has to offer just being very balanced and you know straightforward in your approach about food and if we do make sure that our plate contains a good amount of protein a good amount of complex fiber and that we're drizzling sprinkling nuts seeds oils all these good fats into our diet that this is going to help us and that, I think that takes away a lot of the confusion that we spoke about because yeah. it's very straightforward and from your first result which came through here we can clearly see that your strategy works uh, because you did have a very very good um, balance so I've tested over 100 people um, this company has tested over a million worldwide um, 98 percent of people are deficient in omega-3 and the average Wait one second say that again because i think that 98 percent yeah yeah i've only seen one come back already in the green someone that's already taking a supplement you have there's no way to do it without i think bolt bolting something on this is where we're, we're filling this gap um so the average score tends to be around sort of 12, 13, 14 to one. I've seen it as high as 25, 30, 35 to one. And My, what does that mean? Because I've always struggled like with ratios, like in just like layman yeah. terms, what does that mean? So what I'll explain is that mine was 5.1 to one. Yours, where's it gone? <laughs> I think my um, max... Um, thinking this is too, this is this tech is too much these girls are 
so uh, amazing with their tech that the Mac is actually struggling to keep up with us. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's don't back. It. It's back. So my score was 5.1 to 1. Yours is 5.6 to 1. So what does that mean? That means that the ratio of Omega 6 to Omega 3 was slightly out of balance because it should be three to one. So it right. should still be in favor of the omega, omega sixes being higher. So three yeah. and the ratio of omega threes to one. So we do still want the omega six, not demonizing them at all. You know, the natural sources of sunflower, sesame seed, rapeseed, these are all beneficial. The problem being that in the Western diet, we've learned how to extract the seed oils in an industrially processed process way, denature them and sneak them into lots of packaged foods. And these types are pro-inflammatory. And this is what's causing a lot of problems for people. And also we're just naturally not maybe consuming as much oily fish as we used to or should be doing. But as we can see from your score here, you're very close to the optimal. So you're not far off at all, which is fantastic. So your omega-3 index, and remind me, were you taking an omega-3 supplement? I wasn't, but like I would definitely say that I eat an oily fish yeah. like three, four times a week. And again, so yeah. if someone's thinking, oh, I wonder what mine would be like, obviously test yeah. yes. But if you're someone who's answering, oh, I don't think I even eat oily fish like once a week. So I'll yeah. have two tablespoons of flax every morning. I definitely have like smoked salmon probably a couple of times as well as eating. It is mostly salmon. And I know that's not the highest, is it? Like I'd probably be better off with like a bony... Well, no, it's great. I mean, I think um, this probably is the highest score that I've seen on the Omega-3 index for someone who, um, you know, wasn't supplementing. So 6% is great. So I normally see it around 3 4%. So yeah. the ideal um, percent is 8% or above. So the research says when we get it above 8%, that can reduce our risk for cardiovascular disease by 19% and sudden cardiovascular death by 90. Cardiovascular disease being the number one killer worldwide. Um, so really important research coming out in the importance of this. So you really weren't far off at all. Um, and it would have, you know, mental strength does improve. So you were doing okay. Um, but I think you've noticed that you've been really, you know, doing firing on all cylinders mentally you know physically you know really have noticed a difference I think since optimizing this yeah because what it's doing is this cell membrane fluidity factor here is every cell is coated in this fatty acid bilayer and if you've got too much of the sixes the cell becomes quite rigid and too and then when you put in the um, omega-3 the anti-inflammatories increase them the cells become nice and buoyant and juicy so when we're going to talk in the in the second half about women's hormones it's a lot about absorption so you can imagine if your cells aren't able to absorb then you're not getting the nutrients in you're not getting the toxins out so yeah. you're we're doing you know fine but you've optimized them further i know what was also good to see and very encouraging about your diet is that you weren't too high in this um pro-inflammatory seed oil arachidonic acid which we want to keep below the 10 percent um, so without bamboozling you all too much, here is your actual breakdown. You can see your saturated fat content. This is basically two drops of blood analyzes the previous 90 days of fats in your blood. So it's not just what you ate that day or the day before. It's like the HbA1c blood glucose score. So this is 
really great to see. And I don't normally see saturated fat being a problem. I think saturated, the issue with saturated fat has been over-dramatized and really pushed. And actually we need a level of saturated fat. It, it makes our hormones and not overly doing it in our diets. I was going to say, like, I think there's such like a misconception and depending on the, obviously the age of the women that I work with, uh, it's definitely getting back on board with the fact that we need full fat foods for mm. hormonal health. And I know when I didn't have a period, my body, um, my body weight was definitely too low. Like, obviously I wasn't getting enough fat or high fat or full fat and just even changing from like 0% Greek yogurt to like 10% and getting some of the good fats back really kind of as well as obviously increasing body weight generally but I don't think I'd ever made that connection because I think for so many of us still like particularly Mm -hmm. kind of maybe later 40s 50s 60s like it's it's very much like fat is bad yes and we do need it to make our hormones and um you know it's just it's just crucial but as you said you can go too low or too high in anything just as a side note there was a research piece of research that was done about 20 years ago in america and it looked at the issues of fat versus sugar on the diet and it was funded by the sugar industry so the, the, the results came out in favor of sugar and that is exactly why like you say 0% uh, fat yogurt and and zero fat and no fat low fat has the marketing push on that what do they have to replace it with sugar additives you know preservatives and this is possibly partly is what has led to the epidemic of diabetes and obesity unfortunately yeah. uh, but we're all realizing that now um yeah. and as, as you can see from the results i very rarely see people's saturated fat too high some people do make um a bit too much cholesterol and that's where that comes into play but that's such a that's genetic um right. really so yeah so the meganines are beneficial so they are from things such as olive oil avocados and nuts so you're doing great so i look on the right hand side plus or minus 20 percent deviation so you're just just slightly under i mean that's absolutely not a problem at all um you're obviously doing a great job of having those in your diet then you know you're not minus 20 percent at all what was also really encouraging to see um, when you first did the test was that your omega sixes, which we would say are the more pro-inflammatory ones, none of them are above the twenty percent. In fact, um, GLA is minus eighteen. So you know you are practicing what you preach. You're not going and having sneaky takeaways and crisps and fried food at the weekend because if you were, it would have shown in these results. Because I quite often do see the omega sixes, you know, raised at thirty, forty percent, for example, with people that are maybe. Um, you know, maybe even unknowingly, um, you know, like I say, with the marketing very clever with these seed oils, they're being snuck into their diet through sauces, mayonnaise, yeah. salad dressing, crisps. Um, and then, yeah, so the omega threes, the all important omega threes. So the plant sources that come from um, walnuts, chia seeds, flax seeds, like you say, you do have them, you sprinkle them on your diet every day. Yes. And again, that was that was. Um, coming through very strongly here because you're bang on the 0% for the plant sources of omega-3 which shows that you are consuming those well now what is a bit low but not 
anything like I normally see is your EPA. So the main anti-inflammatory um, omega-3 is minus 50. So I consistently see that one low. Um, and that's why I like to run this test because it is there is a gap in the nutrition complex of most people in the Western world, shall we say. Where would you be getting the EPA from in your diet? Is that... So it's, a, so it's essential, so we can't make it. And the ALA is from plant sources. EPA and DHA is only from animal sources. Okay. So this is where vegans, they can have lots of ALA, but the conversion to EPA and DHA in the body is quite small. So this right. is where a vegan might struggle a bit to get the EPA and the DHA. You can get it from algae sources. So the actual true source of EPA and DHA is algae because the fish eat the algae and then that is what is contained in them and then we consume the fish yeah. so algae sources um, would give you the pure source but the dosing can be a bit lower um, so you we were looking to optimize this for you and um, the DHA is mainly for brain health so that was all that was you know spot on which is which is really great to see that you were getting this from a food first approach. Um, and then should we go to what happened then? Because you were consistently. What happened? Yeah. You were so good. You're like, you like challenge yourself. And not only did I take them, the whole family have been taken. family. And yes. just like you said, I, I paid the children initially. And now they <laughs> out. And actually we had this chat. And I think there's something about this feeling of looking after yourself like for the kids as well yeah. like seeing it as a bit of this kind of like golden you know magic liquid that's really going to help and I know Elkie was suddenly like oh my spelling's got so much easier and oh. just like her concentration at school or you know we we've all kind of just noticed that actually there's not any resistance they actually go and get the bottle themselves now which I never thought would happen Oh, I'm so pleased to hear that. I know I think I've told you before about the story about my children and just how it's brought a lot of calm into the house where there was a lot of chaos with the sort of squabbling and they're doing so much better at school. And my my son won the progress prize at the end of last year. He's better in football. So I asked, I asked my son, I said, So what is it about this this oil? Um, and he said, Mummy, my life was in black and white before, and now it's in colour which was just such a profound statement from a 10-year-old boy. Because oh, there is, I mean, we don't have time for it to say, I think we touched on it in different podcasts, but again, the emerging research, like if you've got yeah. ADHD or, yes. you know, actually the idea of this being as effective or, you know, certainly needs to be considered as part of the approach to sort of treating um some yes. of this we could we could go down so many offshoots and deep dive. We'll stay focused because I know I you, you and I both thing. need to be yeah. That's fine. I'll say one thing about ADHD is it's partly it's, it's genetic, but it can be lifestyle driven, partly driven by oxidative stress in the brain. So when you include the anti-inflammatory amigas, that's where you're dampening the oxidative stress. That's the pathway of why it's so beneficial. Um, so -da, these are your results. Well, Anyone is watching, green. it's now all green. Everything's green and smiley faces. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely brilliant. Well done. Um, I think, you know, it goes to show that if you, you take take a good quality omega-3, um, I, I don't, I mean, not one from Holland and Barrett that's a capsule that's low cost. Where does it come from? You know, I mean, a high quality 
one that's actually not a capsule but an oil so I yeah. think it has to come from a spoonful a bit like the old-fashioned days when we had you know um, cod liver oil because that's yeah. really what's helped the absorption obviously clearly for you you've been really consistent with taking a little um however much you take um based on weight is it about eight mils or something per day seven eight mils per day yeah like I probably under a tablespoon yeah just under a tablespoon yeah amazing so 2.1 to 1 really really fantastic so you're you're clearly ticking all the markers now so omega-3 index above eight percent um you know we don't think about heart disease it's a silent epidemic if you like but you know now that you are protecting your heart in a big way your mental strength I mean you're absolutely flying in business anyway but you know you've said to me that you definitely feel the benefits and your family have as well um, your cell membrane fluidity. So all that amazing food that you are eating on your balance plate is being optimally absorbed yeah. into the cell. So you're getting not only the omega-3, but you're getting more nutrients from other sources because you're better absorbing. So it's like this chicken and egg scenario. Um, and the arachidonic acid was um, in the green anyway, because you are, you know, you do practice what you preach. Um, and then, yeah, so these are the, the results again. So um, saturated fat, obviously, we're looking on the right hand side, all fine. Um, omega 9, so it's olive oils, avocados and nuts, bang on, well done. Um, omega 6 is all in the zeros. So actually, yeah. if anything, I don't know whether subconsciously you've been even more avoiding potential seed oil exposure. Not no, not notably. I wouldn't actually say anything has changed diet wise. I think because I've yeah. sort of really found this pattern that I love that makes me feel amazing. Like I'm mm. quite consistent with it, so I wouldn't say so. Yeah, amazing. I mean, if anything, we can look at um, GLA and see, you know, where you might be able to get some natural sources to maybe increase that. If we're going to be super OCD about getting everything into the zero for you, because yeah. like I say, primrose oil. Um, rapeseed oil these are omega-6s so the natural sources are fine we definitely don't want the industrial ones okay I'll just start using some rapeseed oil <laughs> can do and then your omega-3s are just so so nicely in balance you know bang on you know the zero percent for the plant sources the EPA was there anyway um, and the DPA which is only found in very very small amounts is raised which is great and your DHA as well so this is all really, really good news. Yeah. Um, and I think, like I say, you're feeling the difference. If anything, I would almost say that what I do, which I mentioned to you, because I've been taking the oil um, oil form for over a year now. Sometimes I have a little circuit breaker. So I will just have maybe every three months. I do it intuitively. So I'll say, OK, so we run out. That's fine. I won't take it for a week or two. And I just feel like intuitively it just helps to, to maybe sort of reset and rebalance because it takes yeah. up to 12 weeks to build up in the body. So you yeah. pretty much know you've got maybe 12 weeks of it, um, you know, diminishing as well. So, I, mean, I think it's so interesting. I suppose then if we pan out and we really so because I do talk to all of the women that I work with so can you hear me all together um about obviously Amigas and I think like for me that's such a big cornerstone so I suppose if we put that to one side and if anyone is interested again I know Laylee you've really kindly kind of put together a bit of a package so talk about what that looks like so if somebody's listening and they're like oh maybe mine aren't so great like what 
what would you do if they approach you about working together? Yeah, sure. I know, obviously, I've, I've worked with lots of your lovely ladies and um, they've all been, you know, very in tune like you are with this. Um, so the, the current package is um, one of the blood tests, uh, which is just, you know, like I say, two drops of blood on a card. I can obviously post up to people. And then included in that is a half hour session with me to interpret um, the report. A bit like we've just done, but there's more information. There's about a further 20 pages of nutrition advice as well, which we haven't gone through. Um, but yeah, that's £95 for the test and the half hour consultation with me. So yeah, and I would say it's so like all of my clients who have done it, they've just I, like the biggest piece of value I see in that piece. Obviously, it's that idea of kind of individualized nutrition, but it's actually that half an hour with you. So so often if I'm working with a one to one client, they're like, oh, and I've got my call with later. And I'm like, oh. ask her this and this. And this. <laughs> they've got you basically. And I think that is really super valuable. So if we kind of pop the Amigas to one side and we think that that's like one of the massive kind of pillars and cornerstones for um, fundamentally ensuring that your body is able to do you know the absorption and things can pass in and out of cells all over your body so if that's definitely kind of one of the big pillars what maybe let's just talk about the others in regard to being a woman who's probably perimenopausal menopausal like what other big hitters like if you're like oh this blows my mind just tell me like where okay. where should I put my energy and effort well I'll start with something that I posted last night actually so I like to test everything on myself like I think you've probably established I think you do as well I think it's important uh, if it's a supplement or any sort of testing I'll always try to run this on myself or my family they're my guinea pigs as well so I wore a continuous glucose monitor for two weeks and it threw up some really interesting results, which I posted about last night. Yeah. So um, I actually went hypoglycemic three times while wearing the glucose monitor. Now, the reason I wanted to test it was because when we go into the perimenopause, which I'm not kind of there yet, I don't feel, but I'm 44. So things probably are starting to change. Changes in hormones, sex, sex hormones, estrogen, progesterone can increase insulin. Increase in insulin dysregulates blood sugar. This can cause damage to the vascular lining, which can cause A, diabetes and B, an increase in cardiovascular events. This is why women in the menopause have an increased risk of cardiovascular disease. So I really wanted to check in super early and see if there's anything I could do to prevent that obviously happening. So the fact that I went hypoglycemic three times was based on foods that I'd eaten. Yeah. Chinese, which I never eat, but it was my, my daughter's 13th birthday a homemade Indian, which was lovely homemade, but high in carbs and a bowl of porridge. Now, was there any protein in the, in the Indian or was it like a vegetable curry? It was, it was had prawns, but it was, I would say the sauce, the sauce, my husband made it. It was lovely. You know, it was lovely, but I think it was quite high in refined carbs in a way. Um, yeah, there wasn't much complex fiber there and there was only a little amount of protein I felt. Yeah. I didn't feel great bless him I didn't yeah I felt it as well so I'm quite sensitive to these foods and I, yeah. I like to go with the flow um, I don't think porridge agrees and they always feel hungry yeah. afterwards so this goes to prove that that is a fact because what was happening with my insulin levels was was spiking to get that sugar out of my system and it was then causing a crash in yes. my blood sugar because I was on a fasted state the next day exercising and having caffeine so I pushed myself to see what would yeah. happen but the fact that I did go hypoglycemic three times is an indication that I already need to take care of my blood sugar yeah. um, 
because I need to check my fasting insulin because that's actually maybe a truer marker than yeah. just your blood glucose, which my blood glucose is fine. It's my HB1C is 33. Um, so this is where I'm going really far upstream from a yeah. pure preventative measure. This is like in decades to come, I could have a problem if I don't address these yes. cheese meals and re- basically remove things like porridge, which don't work for me. I know now I, I won't have it. Yeah. So does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Like, how about changing it? Like, as in, if you were to have, um, like, obviously rolled oats, and then you were to add like some Greek yogurt on top and some berries and seeds, like, I'm always interested about the kind of blunting effect. Yeah, I mean, I think with the with the two week um, testing that I did, I just decided to just live my life like normally, just do everything, not think about what I was doing in terms of the, what the readings might be. Yeah. Um, you know, the Chinese the night before I walked, put the glucose monitor on was a really random evening for us because it was my daughter's birthday. But I'm pleased that I did it because of what yeah. it showed. Um, I think with the porridge, I it was mainly porridge. It had a couple of nuts and seeds and berries on it, but it was quite a big bowl of porridge. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it did it did do what I thought it might do. But I think if you did pair it, like you say, with more, um, you know, anything anything that can slow down the blood glucose. Yeah, uh, like all, my, all of my other meals are fine. Whole two weeks, five point five steady blood blood glucose, absolutely amazing all yeah. the way through. It was just these three events that have raised small alarm bells for me. Yeah, okay, because it is interesting, because obviously the way I should probably do it, because it'd be really interesting, because the way I would always say is, you know, you need to be hitting that 20 grams of protein at breakfast, like you're in a fasted state, that first meal, like you're most sensitive to the protein. So, you know, working with women. So whatever it is, it might be. So I think sometimes everyone's like, oh, what can I have? And it might be, well, have what you would normally have, but can you add something? Like, how can we get that protein? So yeah, probably I need to be my own guinea pig with my plate method, because I'd be really interested to see, like, can you include these foods as long as you do it with the sort of plate method ideology of you know you still hit the protein there's that big fiber net of either berries or veggies etc but I'll have to do that I'm realizing we're running short on time so well after the other fundamentals this is about blood glucose yep so increasing protein and complex fiber leads us on to the next pillars so blood glucose being a major one so starting your day with high protein anything that includes fiber is going to slow down the blood glucose this is like two pillars in one because fiber is going to a slow down blood glucose and b feed the good bacteria so that's another key pillar that obviously you know as a nutritional therapist i'm working on nine times out of ten is gut health um, and then another key pillar, which I think we were going to touch on today, would be linking into the, the hormonal picture, would be the stress, cortisol, adrenals, HPA axis that it's called, um, which links into all of this as well. But again, something that I think we, we particularly as women, should probably be checking in on. And again, from a preventative point of view, um, again, when our hormones start changing, when they start fluctuating, They are primarily produced um, in the ovaries. But when we go through the perimenopause, they are then moving, relocating, retiring to the adrenal glands, where that is then their primary output. So the adrenal glands being these little two glands that sit above the kidneys, uh, they pump out adrenaline and cortisol. So you can imagine the last three plus years, we've been in a state of high stress through, um, you know, dealing with an unprecedented pandemic. So this repeated 
increase in adrenaline and cortisol possibly leads to what is called as adrenal insufficiency so the yeah. cortisol actually instead of being constantly high like this a bit like the insulin you know when you get insulin resistance it's a bit like that, that same thing it shuts down in the end and the adrenals stop producing so much cortisol so when we've got these sex hormones coming onto the adrenals we need to make sure we've got nice nourished happy well looked after adrenals that are functioning well if we haven't then this is potentially what causes an increase in the perimenopausal symptoms you know hot flushes mood changes etc etc so looking after those adrenals is a real key and much forgotten picture i think for for everyone particularly at the moment and although i run lots of very biochemical tests to test the adrenal glands and it's very technical what actually comes from the results is lovely lifestyle interventions you know breathing meditation you know like breath breath work yoga relaxation you know true rest and then things such as magnesium and herbs like ashwagandha are very beneficial and adaptogenic for the adrenal glands okay that's really and i think that's really interesting because i think so many women don't give themselves permission to do real rest and it's like that restorative rest it's not like just stick the telly on and just so now it's like actually what regulates you again like what brings you back down what grounds you can you you know take up like a journaling practice can you do some grounding activities can you do some breath work in your day are you taking screen breaks and breaks where you go out in nature and you don't put another input in and I think that's really lovely to kind of hear that again I I think we're very it's why we keep collaborating but as in yeah just taking that more holistic view of how to look after yourself and make sure that you not you're not exhausting your adrenals because I think loads of women I would work with would say you know they feel burnt out frazzled exhausted and again if you've been in that constant chronic state of stress and it feels like you're just in that perpetual forward motion push 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 it's actually finding the the balance to bring you back down. And so your body's not always feeling like it's going to have to fly. Exactly. Yeah, that fight or flight, you know, the more that we can switch to rest and digest um, and get, like you say, intentionally doing it. So the research around, for example, fasting, they did a study of two groups of people that were fasting and the people that fasted with intention lost more weight. So it goes to show there's such a big connection with our thoughts and the physiological impact that it has on our body. So when we really, truly intentionally give ourselves permission to rest, that is going to have a knock on effect because the emotions um, are obviously feelings that we have that go to the hypothalamus, that go to the pituitary, that go signal to the adrenals that pump out the hormones. So it really is true that, you know, the way we feel and the thoughts that we have are impacting our body on a biochemical level. Yeah, and I know we're going to have to finish, so we both have to be places, but I always get a bit confused about magnesium and so many of the women I work with, obviously perimenopausal sleep changes. Can you speak about magnesium and maybe kind of, I don't know, give any guidance or advice about if you're going to supplements? I think it's one of the things that routinely you probably do add into kind of perimenopausal menopausal women's prescriptions kind of why and if you wanted to look at magnesium what would you suggest yeah um so magnesium has over 600 cellular functions in the body so it's doing a lot and there's different types of magnesium so magnesium glycinate is the one that is better absorbed than the others it's probably the cleanest and most absorbed of the magnesiums 
especially if you've got it in a powdered form, for example. Um, and it just is a wonder mineral. And because of the state of the soils, I think we are possibly a bit like with the omega-3s that we've highlighted, possibly all deficient in magnesium. So it is definitely one that, particularly through um, the perimenopause for hormones, it can be a really lovely supportive um, supplement because it's very calming you know it works on all those cellular functions it helps the adrenal glands you know if you don't want to take another supplement then what I do is I I religiously have an Epsom salts bath every night so yeah. that's my ritual that's my piece of self every night every night yep <laughs> and it's a lot of magnesium isn't it that you have to use yeah, two cups in a really hot bath because I'm I'm in my clinic and I'm dealing with a lot of people sometimes, you know, with a lot of problems. So it's my piece of self-care to myself is to have the hot bath with the magnesium and it helps with sleep. I mean, you definitely will sleep deeper and better after a warm Epsom salts bath, but then okay. you're getting the magnesium transdermally in, in through your skin. So it's another way okay. to have it. Nice. And say somebody wants to take it orally, like what would you suggest? You talked about powdered magnesium and what type I get really like I listen to Mark Hyman um, yeah. in lab. And then I'm always like, so which magnesium? I'm always like, I don't know what to take. So, yes. So magnesium, funny enough, isn't normally found in a multivitamin because it because it bulks out the supplement quite a lot. So you'll find it's probably not in your multi. And then an actual magnesium tablet on its own, they can be quite big. Like some people find them quite hard to swallow. Yeah. So if you don't have an issue with big a big tablet, that's fine. But that's why I, I recommend the powder. So I, um, you know, I've got a mineral complex, like an electrolyte of magnesium. And I put that in my water bottle in the morning. And then I know that I'm, so I'm sipping through the day. I've got the minerals coming can in you, that way as well. Can you share me a link and I'll post it in the show notes and here in the group? Yeah, sure. I'll do that. If it's good enough for Layla, I'm in, I'm in. I think, um, again, it's quite a nice way to start your day. Like rather than start it with a coffee, actually yeah. start it with uh, some electrolytes and some magnesium is probably. Better. I'm trying a new product. So I've got a company called Human24 sending me their premium um, three products that actually help your sleep-wake cycle. So you start with their morning one, which is totally designed to gear you up for the morning. Then you take the afternoon one, which is going to help you focus. And then you take the sleep product in the evening, which is going to help with your sleep and relaxation. So they've thought about the whole 24-hour cycle in three supplements. So I will report back when they've uh, sent me a trial. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's really, yeah, that's a good idea. And I do think, I know we were talking about it, but it's like, even just if you've taken the time to listen to this podcast, it's, it's again, that kind of little subconscious token to yourself that you're worth it. And it's a bit similar to like, if you invest in a nice face cream, or like you were saying about your magnesium bath, it's like these little subconscious reminders that the body you live in currently now is worth looking after just as it is. Like it doesn't need to change or be anything different. Like it, it deserves all of this good stuff right now. And I think it's, I think that's why supplements as, as well. It's just another little token of love and it's, it's a really good reminder. And I think that cycle, like taking your supplement on one level, you're probably, if you're somebody who does supplement, you're probably someone who then goes and does their exercise and you're probably someone who goes and looks for the vitamin d and the sunshine like early in the first quarter of your day and you're you're probably just it's like a lovely kind of domino effect of self-care yeah definitely they say how you do anything is how you do everything and yeah. you know, even when no one's watching you know you should be looking after yourself 
And one of my male clients, actually, that takes the um, Omega-3, he takes it as a gift to himself. And then now that he's he's noticed there's a moisturizer that he that um, he got given um, by them as well, which was really helped with the bags under his eyes. So now he that's his gift to himself as well, which is really sweet because <laughs> he's very much looking after his family and his business. And yeah. this is just his one monthly little gift to himself, which is really nice to hear from a guy. Yeah. And I do think, you know, when you step back and you see the bigger picture, you can be like, oh, I don't really have permission to, like, I don't know, do the downregulating or spend money on finding out about myself, etc. But if there was one thing you were to invest in, like, particularly if you are your business or, you know, you're, you know, performing well at work, etc, etc. When you do this work of working out this kind of pattern, however, it kind of transpires that makes you thrive, the ripple effects into every element, like your relationships, your, your new parenting, like how you show up as like everything changes. Yeah, yeah. it's the gift that keeps keeps giving, I say. Yeah. If there's yeah. one thing that's worth investing in, it's definitely you. And I do, you know, I wasn't really anyone who'd ever done any kind of like personalized nutrition before, but it is always fascinating to find out what's your body doing. So yeah, I'd highly recommend it. And yeah, I'll obviously continue to take the supplements because I love my oil. But um, on that note, uh, Leila, I'm going to love you, leave you. We will be back together again. We're always collaborating and talking about how we can collaborate more. But yeah, it yeah, will. great. You know, I always love talking to you and yeah I love how we just think the same and we've got the same values and um yeah we're on this on this same journey together really so it's always great to uh, yeah we'll, we'll go through the menopause together and we'll share with everyone exactly how we're doing it <laughs> yeah I'm a, I'm a bit ahead of you so I can I can share my tips I think yeah perfect <laughs> Layla, share the details for the magnesium and I'll make sure I flip that around as well and I'll reshare how to contact you if anyone is keen to find out a bit more about them and where they're sat with their amigas at the minute That'd be great. Well, have a good rest of your day. Catch up soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.